You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject I've got prepared for you on this episode of the podcast series is David Moran from the Perth Outfit The Date. The reason for the conversation... Well, the reason for the conversation is to talk about the number of singles that the band had released so far this year, but you know what? We went right off track, and that is a beautiful thing. We talk about a whole heap of other stuff, which is very interesting and very pertinent to the world around us today. So let's have a listen to what David has to say. Here we go. Hey, David. It's Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Good, Andy. How are you? Mate, plugging away, actually. You're my last interview of the evening. So it's been a, it's been a oh, so, nice. solid night of interviews. <laughs> Great stuff. I, I, I love talking to the artists that Lee sends through to me on the, that get distributed by Firestarter because, honestly, I can genuinely say this. I haven't had a bad interview subject yet, and I reckon I've interviewed about 40 or 50 from the stable of Firestarter artists, if you can call it that. So there you go. Nice. Well done. <laughs> yeah, good result. Did you get one or two tonight, or have you had a broad batch from different areas? Um, mainly uh, with Firestarter, of course, is over in Perth. Is that where you guys are based as well, over in Western yeah, Australia? We- yeah. Yeah. Um, I reckon I must hold some sort of a record for from a podcasting perspective of of talking to the most artists from Western Australia out there on the web because um, it's just I, I just love Western Australian music as a consequence of it. I said it earlier yep. tonight, but I, I genuinely have not heard anything from Perth or Western. I should say Western Australia broadly because they're not always from Perth, um, but I haven't find in terms of a track or an album, or an EP, whatever it might be, a release. This is, let's just call it a release where I haven't found something I've liked about it. You know what I'm saying? Nothing where I've sort yeah. of put it on and just wanted to turn it off, which, to be honest with you, sometimes happens. You know that? But um, Yeah, no, I, I do understand that. Yeah. It's, um, and I guess over here where we are doing the best we can to keep it original, I think that's uh, the key to what we do. I was, the, the, one no. of the conversations tonight was, uh, sorry, I'll just make this point because I think it's an important one, mm. um, is that you've got the whammies over there and I think that really helps, okay, because it's something to aspire to winning. And we, yes. we've got, I can't remember what it's called over here, Big Sound. It used to be called Big Sound. It's probably got another name these days. You know, they change their names all the time for God knows yep. whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, branding, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's not like a Queensland Music Awards or a Brisbane or a Gold Coast. I mean, to be honest, there might be, but I certainly don't know about it. And if I'm over here and I've heard of the Whammies, you know they're a big deal. You know. Yeah, true. And, Very and, true. And I think that helps. I think just having that there helps because it's something that you can say to people when the going gets tough. Look, hey, you know, we've got a great single here. We've got a great track here or a great album here. How about we put in the effort and we actually try to win something here with it and like it's it's remember remember you you just I hate to judge a book by its cover but looking at the photos of you guys on Facebook you ran about my age in your forties if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <I'll> do that. <laughs> well, but you know what I'm saying. So you remember the nineties? Yeah. Remember what they were like when the Arias, when Daniel yeah. Johns and Peter Garrett and uh, yeah. and you almost got the feeling that, that Tex Perkins and and uh, oh, yeah. what's his name from UMI? Sorry, I can't remember his name at the moment. Timmy Rogers. That yeah. was it. Was Love almost it, yeah. like, yeah, they weren't that keen on winning the awards, were they? They'd sort of get the awards and like, oh yeah, it's pretty good, but I'd rather my footy team win on the weekend. And it was like, guys, come on, you know, we're I'm a musician. Yeah, I I agree, and I think there's also a bit there where, you know, there's a a path that you can tread if you want to, and it it's fairly broad, like it's not any particular style. You can throw your hat in the ring, mm. and 
You know, there, there's enough categories and enough interests every year to keep people entertained, which is, you know, what we're here for. Exactly. So it, it certainly does sort of lead the people and, and give them a direction. And, and I guess a lot of artists that I see or who, who we play with, they never release an album or they only release one, but it takes them 10 years. And it's that concept that you can sit on something for way too long. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you can see the whammy, you, you could actually, oh, I'll do one this year, I'll do one next year, I'll do one next year. And the, and the more you do, the better you get. Yeah. You know, that, there's no denying that from a songwriting point of view, you, you know, that concept from years ago when I paint my masterpiece, it's, um, it's an ongoing masterpiece, you know. Mm. It's, every time you write a new song or release a new album, you know, the next one, in my opinion anyway, gets better. You know, you've learned that more of your craft. Um, that are just constant learning, and that's you know that to me is the key of this music, whole music business. Very good philosophy. Yeah, great philosophy. Yeah. Oh, there. It, it drives us. You know, like we we release regularly, and that's why because we have the tracks, we have the songs, we write, we enjoy the craftsmanship. And I was saying to the guitarist and Rob, you know. It's, you know, this whole album that Cycle we're doing at the moment just gets better and better. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and we're we're moving into areas we didn't contemplate. And, you know, from a, a technical point of view, I guess, in the whole the tracking, mixing, mastering sphere that before we just played and be damned. Whereas now it's like, mm, okay, we should actually know about this. It's, it's, That's it's so broad. true. Like even, yeah. you know, artwork... What does artwork do? What does branding do? What does yep. all of that do to to you as an artist, to you as a band? And you start to learn about it. And it doesn't mean you've got to follow every trend, but it certainly means that you've got to understand what it is that's out there and, and work towards what you really want to achieve. So, mm. yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, there's a lot of, uh, God, it goes without saying, there's a lot of maturity in what you're saying there. Meaning that you've been there and done that, and you figured it out. But it's, <laughs> yeah. but isn't it? Isn't I it interesting? The seventh album, man. But like, but isn't it interesting that oh, like I'm I'm at uni these days, so I'm in my forties as I've mentioned, and I'm at uni, and yep. I'm lapping it up, man. Believe me, I don't, I don't remember the last time I was at uni was 1996, and I bloody hated it. But isn't it interesting <laughs> the maturity that give what maturity gives to you, which is that there's a lot of value in things that when you're a kid you don't see value in. You know, I'm learning how to use Photoshop yeah. and Premiere Pro these days. And, yeah. man, even probably 10 years ago, if you yeah. put that in front of me, you would have said, I'm not going to learn this shit. But but here I am. I'm, I'm like the, the, you know, the classic mature age student sitting up the front of the class, yeah. absorbing everything and taking all of the notes because I don't want to miss any of it. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the, the concept that, you know, youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? Because it's like, oh my God, so we, true. Yeah, we, you know, we go through all that period of where we could be brilliant, and we should be brilliant, but we squander it in the name of, you know, freedom or whatever it is we're looking for, mm. and then all of a sudden, you turn around that corner and you think, you know what, I could do better, mm. and and away you go. You know, it's good. It's a lease of life, I guess. And some people buy themselves fast cars, and some people get themselves snazzy haircuts, and the rest of us just, you know, strap it on and play rock and roll. Yeah. Yep. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good life. 
Yeah, youth is uh, the the fellow young fellow I was talking to before you was only eighteen from a band called Joey Heaven. Anthony, I give props to him. He was eight, as I say, eighteen and very mature young man. Got a great young head, great head on young shoulders, or old head on young shoulders. Sorry, I'll get it out there eventually. Um, but yeah. even at uni too, I'm, I'm around some of the seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen year olds. But they're smart as you know, they're sharp, which is great. But to me, that's the anomaly, you know, about youth being wasted on the young. Like, they, they are sharp, but they're, I'm in a learning environment, a core learning environment where you have to be mature to get through. But a lot of the youth out there, it's not about being these days. It's always been like that. God help me, I was probably like it myself if someone in their 40s was observing me back in the mid-90s when I was sort of 17, 18, 19. But, yeah, you've got all of the energy, but you don't know what the hell to do with it. And yeah. you, you don't realise yeah. the older yeah. you get, energy is just gets vacuumed off, doesn't it? just disappears oh i think you, you focus it don't you you could you could do 15 tasks today or you could do one really well mm. you know and that's that's where we we are the you know we focus on on what we do we craft that's our life you know it is it is how we approach everything and i think that a lot of the the youth that are on it are guided you know they've got they've got that maturity that comes from having someone telling them how it is and how it could be, letting them make the choice and then they own it. Um, mm. And a lot of them won't listen and I don't think I would have. I don't think I did. But, you know, if you can if you can push them, I guess, to say, and that goes back to your original statement about the whammies, that's the beauty of it. Mm. You know, that says, look, you could be that person. Um, here's, here's uh, not so much the criteria, but here's some steps to get there. Um, see how you go, and and that's better than just being wandering, you know, mm-hmm. aimless. Where what do I do? Do I turn up for a gig? Do I drink afterwards? Do I drink before? You know, or am I actually going to a gig for a reason? You know, am I delivering when I get there? Is it a focus? Have I got something to say? And that's that. That's where they start to have the focus, and it, it is a bit rinse, wash, repeat. But at the same time, that's how you get good. Yeah. That's the crafting, isn't it? You just yeah. you you learn, you make a mistake, or or you do something that you could have done better. I think that's that's how I look back at it now. As I go, you know, it was all part of getting here, but gee, I could have done that one better. That could have been tighter. But, you know, too many too many words. I didn't need as many. Needed another gap, a pause there. You know, that's the mm. reflection. Yeah, you never stop learning, do you? It's it, and, and what you just what you just articulated then is the methodology to getting better and to improving, and it's it's a constant process. It's never one of the. It's no, never stagnant, never static, never stays in one spot. In many ways, and this is so true, and I've heard so many musicians talk about this. You know, if you if you equate music with art, the art is abandoned, meaning that you take it to a point where you just go, I think I've got it to a point that I can take it to right now, given this is a snapshot in my life. Like albums, they're snapshots in Alvin musicians' lives. That's what they are. And and it's it's one of those things where I think that ultimately you've got to take an artist's overall catalogue into consideration when, you, when you're critiquing their work, not focus on one album, because then you can see the ebbs and the flows and sort of equate an album to what's going on in their life. I think Paul McCartney's a really good example of that. You can hear, uh, you know, some of the Ram stuff... Uh, 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 wing yeah. stuff. Sorry, isn't yeah. that isn't that good? To be honest with you, and you think that was when he was really comfortable, if you like, and was sort of settled into a bit of a groove, and there wasn't a lot of challenge there. And I saw him recently. Yeah, but actually. millions of people would would say you're wrong there. Millions of people oh, that Paul McCartney, would say, sure, yeah, w- 
No, no. Well, you know what I mean? Like, they would go, those are the same people that dance into Dancing Queen. You know, they they took that Paul McCartney period that, um, well, did that have the role, the, the smoking song in it from memory? Something like Roll Another One, but one of those. And, the, yeah. and it sort of was that, I, I think that songs bookmark events in people's life. And, you know, that concept that you hear a song and you're instantly back there. You know, whatever that is. Whether That's very true. You know, if you yeah. if you had um, Space Trucking by Deep Purple and you were out the back with your denim jacket and your your King Brown, you'll you'll <laughs> never forget that. <laughs> it's that it's that bit. And and I guess that's where people. You know, I I know a lot of people probably wouldn't appreciate the style of music we do because they don't want to work as hard as we may push them lyrically. In other words, here's a message, people. Um, and they actually don't want that. They they want to just, you know, think about sunlight and, you know, driving in their car. And that's that's the wings period, you know, as opposed to Helder Skelter, which, mm-hmm. which is different again. And, and I think that's where, as you say, as you work through a person's catalogue, you can see where they're at personally. Mm-hmm. And other people check into that and go, yeah, I really like that. That's where I'm at personally too, mm. you know. And that's that's a connection. And but it obviously helps if you're a great songwriter because you can just scatter shot as many different styles as long as it's not called reggae um, anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your music then, because the two cuts that I've got are very different from one another. Okay, so there's Candidate, which I, I had a good laugh about the 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 cover on that one. It looks like at oh, first yeah, I hadn't I didn't have a close look at it. I just saw it on my phone, and what I thought it was, I thought you'd you'd been ironic about it and you'd, you'd melted one side of Scomo's face, but it was bloody Bill Shorten. Thought, yeah, so that's um Sco Show, Sco so, Show, and yeah. that was a a deliberate so. What's happened is we're obviously we're throwing a track out at last day of the month for the year. So every month we throw one out, and good on you. The yeah. the, the spread of the tracks is based around the the overall arc is it's called premeditated, and it's saying what happens and what drives the movement of people around this planet. And you know some people move because they want to, and some people move because they're forced to. And if they're forced to, you know, is it economic, is it political, is it climate, what what forces them? And obviously at the moment, the timing of it was such that the track, um, I guess, candidate and the one before, which was Waterdate, both were political. And we did align those, even though we had them all in the bag ready to go. We sort of aligned them with the, um, with the election and all of that. And it, it's... Candidate itself was really based around it doesn't matter who the leader is, they're basically there to look after the Australian people or any people. And on top of that, their messages are reasonably similar. They have to be. You know, they've got to be about health, they've got to be about education, they've got to be about infrastructure because that is what we need. Then there's the next layer down that says their message is not really their message, it's their party's message. And what happens to that guy who's out there spruiking it every day, ends up in his hotel room and looking in the mirror thinking, God, is this me? And what happens when he goes home to his wife? Does he actually tell her the truth? 
about the message or does he carry the message back to the family even though he knows it's a lie? So mm -hmm. it was a fairly broad sort of stab at the, the folks that probably lie more than we want them to. And I guess it doesn't really benefit anyone but a paycheck's a paycheck. So mm. I guess we had to call them out on that one. Politics is such a weird game, isn't it? Because you've got to be fake. Yeah. You can't be genuine in politics. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that, and that last line is that really, really real. That's make really real, won't you believe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's so bizarre, yeah. and I, I think a lot of you'll never get any. The people that you get in politics just they have the ability to stand in front of people and deliver a message, whether that be a camera or a big audience. That's really the only thing that separates them from a regular person. And of course, you mentioned it—the ability to maybe not tell the truth. I'm not saying lying, but, yeah, not really deliver no, a message right. that is factual. Well, not, not the whole truth. Not the whole truth. There message. you go. Yeah. They've got a message, stay on, stay on point. That's what they're told. And, and I think, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a particularly easy life, but at the same time, it's not a qualified life. You know, you've got, as they say, I think it was Warren Zavon, lawyers, guns and money. So you, you've got people who are qualified for various areas in life. Um, as a politician, very rarely are they qualified at any level, except in, as you say, in public speaking. Mm. Yep. And that that's a dangerous thing because it doesn't it doesn't allow them to actually talk at a level. And and in the past, some of the politicians have obviously gone through university and picked up what they wanted, and maybe even ended up with that portfolio. You know, there's a a little bit there where. You know, you can't be as good as some of the guys who are behind the money or behind the community policy to not understand it. But at the same time, the majority come and go, and it's there's no love, there's no support. Like in a band, you help each other and you work together. Mm. Whereas in politics, you know, even it would appear they don't even work for their own party half the time. They're just the time, probably working yeah. for themselves. <laughs> Well, I, I think there's a so, you've touched on an important point there, which is that there's an element of self-interest, or a serious or significant oh, yeah. element of self-interest when you become a politician. It's a strange gig, isn't it? I mean, you are in the public spotlight. Everything you say will be scrutinised, yet people seem to be drawn toward it. Who the hell would want to do it, really? I mean, it's such I a strange paradigm. Oh, but I, I think power. Power is one of those interesting things. You've got power and you've got money. And I think the politicians, are some of them really enjoy the power that it gives them and the privilege and, I guess, the standing in society. Um, and the money's not too bad, and that's, that's a real driver, I believe, because obviously if you're in, if you're in power, you're making more than if you're on the, the back benches. So staying in power, there's a, anyone that can increase their paycheck. Obviously, it's a driver. So, so and that's... I, obviously, that's me from a distance looking at it and being a little bit like tongue-in-cheek on all of this stuff because, you know, for us, humour and music is essential. But I, I do look at them and, you know, having seen a few of them pass me by in life, there's definitely no doubt that when they, when they get off the campaign, there is no difference between them and us. And mm. in some ways, they wouldn't want it any other way. But in other ways, it just means that everything that they are for their for their day job is yep. really just you know it's putting on the makeup and the slap and getting out there and spruiking you know and it's like people we used to do the you know snake oil medicine seller it's uh, it's the same guys isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
politics is a lot of snake oil. That's really what it is. And, <laughs> no. uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's talking to people who uh, are really partisan about their politics. You know, they're dyed in the wool left or right. And you think, yeah. isn't that interesting? So you completely close yeah. yourself off from what the other side's got to say, and it's not necessarily about the other side. Other side, it's about the ideas. It's about ad the adaptation of ideas. And it's like these days I find more than any other time in our lives, it's like if you're on the right, you believe in these key points, and if you're on the left, you believe in all of these key points, and there's literally no room for movement. And because it's like this, um, it's like a football team. Or like you support, like, you know, I support the West Tigers, for example. There are some players on the team I don't like. And so this is a broad comparison I'm drawing. Yeah, so work with me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, okay? It's, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I do. And but it's, also, it's where does it come from? You know, is it is it coming from, most of it's hereditary, I think. You know, it's like you grow up in, in the family and everyone generally supports the West Tigers, yeah. therefore you do. You know, you grow up in the bush and... And you're supporting the nationals, so so. And if your father's a union man, you'll probably support Labor, and and I guess that's that's what they work on. But again, we have to pull it back and say, well, they're they're there to support us. They're there to guide the country. They're there for us to ensure we've got, you know, housing, electricity, food, all the basics, clean water. That's that's what they're there for. No matter whether you're what side of politics, and we certainly would never go to a side of politics. It, it's all about ensuring that those guys are accountable and that they're looking after us, all of us. You know, it doesn't really matter who you are, where you're from or, or how you paddle. It's, it really is all about them making sure that we're all doing the best we can and it's not about them lining themselves. So there's a little bit there where that's uh, the off-putting side, the ugly politics where they found to have... and. You know, if you, um, I guess, on water days, it's like there's a line in there that it's fifties in the hole, and that's that says it all when they when they do, and they always do get found out to be feathering their nest. You know, that's in Australia, that's really definitely. Yeah. That's what oh, that's what I love terrible. about us here in Australia is that we're very distrustful naturally of politics and politicians. The regular person. It's really hard, apart from the youth, you know, there's a lot of idealism in, in youth, right? But particularly people our age, I find it's really rare to meet somebody that's a dyed-in-the-wool left or right. We really have a healthy cynicism of what goes on with the political process because we, we do know that there are a lot of people that are basically attention seekers and they are about feathering their own nest when they go into politics. And it's important, I think, from, from, from an Australian perspective for us to keep that attitude going because I think it keeps... Literally, what the Dem what the yeah the Democrats in the Australian Democrats I'm talking about Don Chips party, mm -hmm. it keeps the bastards honest. Yeah, and and this is this is what Water Dates about. This is what Candidates about. Those songs are saying, don't keep your your eye off them. These guys need to be maintained because they're only human, and they're probably not really good examples of humanity. <laughs> you know they they are easily led, and mm. this is and I think there's a saying obviously power corrupts, and and I think they start to believe them themselves and their their branding yet again. You know that I can do this, I'm in charge of that, I've got this. You know what's wrong with going up to Thailand and 
you know, having Thai Tuesday. And it, it really does get to that point, well, there's a lot wrong with that. Yeah, they're out of touch. And you need yeah. to be called out on it, and we are going to call you out on it mm. because, you know, I. but saying that, there's also another level where, you know, people own newspapers and newspapers also spruik policy and newspapers don't always talk honestly. So, you know, it's reflective across society and everyone's trying to get to a point where they can, you know, make what they can. You know, and again, there's a line in the song that, you know, if you can make it, you can take it. And that's, that seems to be a, um, a theme for, for where they're at. How can they get away with it? How long do they get away with mm. it? You know, the expenses, oh, I'm just going to fly the family down to the grand final. Don't mind if I do. I'll sign that off. You know, and then there's such a surprise. Oh, I didn't realize I had to let you know. You know, and it's like, mate. Like, which part of, like, there's, you know, checks and balances, don't you understand, buddy? So we, as long as we're calling them out, and, and again, what we do in our music is, and especially with this album, is really look at all of that. You know, the next set of songs is, is about, it's probably a little bit of a, a harder line. You know, we've had Inundated has um, came out at the end of May, and, and on Sunday we're putting out Accommodate. And, you know, Accommodate is a, a lot tougher song. You know, it's, yeah. about, it's about what happens when, when it all goes wrong and people are selling, you know, in this case, a, a ride on a boat across an ocean. And the opening line is there's numbers on the coffin because I saw an image of, of a, uh, quite a lot of coffins lined up and they just had numbers on them. They had no one knew who these people were. They'd tried to get across on a boat, hadn't worked out so well. They got picked out of the ocean, and no one knew who they were. And yet, someone made the money. It's the same deal. Is someone that, pocketed it, you know. Is the, that the Christmas the Island the thing? Statement. Is that the Christmas um, Island thing oh, you're talking about? General, all okay, of it. Yeah. Like, there's been untold. And then you look at Italy. You know, you look at all around the globe. That's what I'm saying. This is a global thing at the moment. That's what we're saying. Why do people move? And all the way through, it's greed. It's, you know, people are making money out of the movement of people. And those people are just commodities. You know, it's like, how do we make some money? So there's a line in Accommodate that says the numbers on the statement are not the statement of mate. In other words, we bank that money, but, you know, in public, we'd never mention that we'd just send a boatload of people in an old junk out and hope like hell they got there but didn't really care because we went home for dinner. Sure. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, where the theme is there. The theme says that if people have to move and at a high level, we're, we're pushing the, the thought process that if you come from a country and you go to another country where physically you're not made for it, you know, I myself would struggle in many countries around the world physically. And, you know, people over there who, if you, uh, you know, born and bred, uh, you know, a hundredth generation Icelandic, how hard would it be to live in Alice Springs? And, you know, just from a physicality, what happens? Like, when you're actually pushed, you don't have a choice and you're trying to survive. Hmm. But at the same time, it's such an extreme. You know, pe- people, Afghanistan, Sudan, all of that, they're moving. They are, there's, this week, 70 million people have been displaced. And as in that's the the total. Which country um, is that in? Is that is that in? Officially, 
No, that's, that's in general. That's the, the figures right now. 70 million people have been displaced. Did you say this, this week? Are, Did you say no, this... no, this week it came out, sorry. Oh, okay, week okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. so, so being that the, there's, you know, upwards of 140,000 a year at times a lot more, but it, it depends where, you know, Sudan, Afghanistan, all of that, it's just phenomenal. You know, this yeah. is, this is, a, and they, they turn up, and how do they assimilate? How do they do it? And and this is the message again. It's like we look at what's going on, people. I, and don't get me wrong, I don't have the answer, but most of it is political. You know, it's come back. They were doing well. If you look at Venezuela, you know, Zimbabwe, all of these countries were doing fantastically. Food bowl of Africa, you know, oil rich, and in the middle of it, there's some politicians. You know, there's a theme here, isn't there? <laughs> so. It is dirty deals, and and now they they have nothing, and I think four million people have left Venezuela. Right, that's that's phenomenal because that country should be steady, should be stable. Yeah, and but both a, are tragic, a, a difficult. Yeah, both are tragic for very different reasons, but they they truly are. And I, and I think uh, you may have made this point, but it comes back to human greed. In both cases, Absolutely. I think, and yeah, I, know, yeah. I know people are saying with Venezuela, or there's the American inf- interference and the like, but oh, ultimately, there's the ground. The, the the groundwork was set for what's going on over there in the late '80s. It's been going on now for a very long Absolutely. time over in poor old Venezuela, and and it's not the ruling class or being the political elite that feel it. It's the mum and dads that feel it the oh, most, yeah. and that's where it's Absolutely. bullshit. And the that's what yeah, I mean, right. the, the mum and dads and the family, sorry, I mean to say. It's it's horrendous yeah. that they're no, the no, ones no. That, that feel the brunt of this stuff, and yet there doesn't seem to be a mechanism. The problem is is that these things happen, and yet they keep on happening. Okay, so they happened in the past. We're talking about Venezuela and Zimbabwe now, but how many times has that been repeated around the world? Okay, look, look at people in, in North Korea who are uh, malnourished yeah. and... They apparently, I, I, I've got to fact check this one here. I'm sure it's true though, because I've heard a lot of people talk about it. But if you stuff up in the eyes of the government, it affects two or three generations. So that's how they keep you yeah. in check. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So you could do it no, accidentally. No, power, isn't it? It's, it's power. This comes back to power. So mm. this, this again is is the key factor here is politics and power. Because if you make the rule, you know, it's like in in WA, we're all about you know, mining. And in mining, it's it's a golden rule. If you've got the gold, you make the rules. Well, so and that, are we here in Queensland. That's the reality of what goes on. Yeah, you got the same thing. So once you've got that kind of influence, you never want to give it up. Hmm. You'll do whatever. And this comes back to the politicians. How do we, how, how do we ensure that we don't... Because if you had a look, you know, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have called Zimbabwe up. You know, they were just fantastic. What a strong country. And then... Wiped out within three to four years. Oh no, there was signs just, there. I, I went through. I went, I went through a boarding no, school no. in Sydney, and and we used to have people from Zimbabwe uh, arrive in the eighties and nineties, and they'd tell us what was going on, and it was never pleasant, never pleasant. Um, and it was, it, you know, that's what I'm talking about with Venezuela with the groundwork. Just it doesn't happen overnight. It just, you know, you see these things and then what's the old, was it Martin Luther King that said it? When when good people stand around when bad things are happening, that's when you got real catastrophe. It was, I'm paraphrasing massively here. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's that yep. thing that you cannot allow the political elite to get away with their bullshit. It's just, it, it just, right. they, they, Jordan Peterson said it really well, which is with, with all of this stuff that's going on these days. Um, 
in in um, in college campuses and universities in the states or North America in general. But you see, uh, you know, the equivalent of a hundred miles if we're going to use that 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 sort of metric or methodology of explaining how you see ground to, to political forces, if you like, and you just keep on going back. And before you've known, before you know it, you've gone a mile, and then you've gone two miles and three miles. It doesn't ever stop, and it really is up to people to make uncomfortable decisions on behalf of other people and say, no, we're not going to do this. We can't do this. And there, there definitely will be sacrificial lambs, lambs in that process. But I can't think of any other way that we as humanity, we get around things. We're still so bloody primitive in that regard, aren't we? Where we seem oh. to need Big Daddy above us. You know, you see it in religion. You know, we need a god. We need a political master, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> I And believe you me, God comes up in my song. It is, it's the same. And also, also no, one, no one wants the war to finish. You know, there's a lot of money oh, to be God. made out of war. Oh, yeah. You know, that, the, the point of war is you, you don't want it to finish. It can change location, but don't let it finish. Oh. You know, because if it stops, all those people, what are they going to do? You know, what? Yeah. And, and again, it's like faith, you know, what a tool to keep everybody in check, you know, throw 10 shekels in the, in the cup, my man, belief. And, and that, again, it's the power, it's the greed of, of whatever. Everything comes down to power, everything comes down to greed. And like you say, if we don't rail against it constantly, we will end up being submissive. Hmm. We can't afford that as a country. We can't afford it as humanity. Um, and it's, it is difficult to stop because what happens, and there's a, there's a song coming up where I talk about um, the fact that what would happen, in fact, it, it, there was a part of it spoke on Waterdate, one of the earlier releases. If you were, if you were culpable your family paid that price. Yeah, like North Korea. North Korea. Yeah, North Korea. But it's yeah. the other way, which says, I find you as a politician guilty, and for your sins, your family pay. Yeah. So it reverses out instead of as, it as a, a tool for the powerful to reign over the, over the masses, it gets pushed the other way. And that, that was, uh, there was a, a couple of sentences to that in Waterdate which I think was April's song. And it, it really speaks to that. Like what, and the point being, what does it take to get the honesty from these six? You know, how do we get that? Like, like a bit of jail time, is that going to hurt? What happens if you did that and it was your wife that ended up in jail or your children? Would they keep you in line? Would, would the thought of them? Or is there, and I'm quite sure is, people out there just wouldn't really care either. You know, it is, you know, it's all, collateral damage at some point hmm. well I, th I think it, it you know human nature is a very broad spectrum okay and uh even in single families so just say you've got you know two parents and they have three kids uh even within that small example you're going to get a very a very broad cross-section of ideas if you like to have that occur natively that occur natively and this is not even in environmental this is uh nature versus nurture you know this is nature and and how do you, how do you control that we're still uh, this is where people and this will sound like a broad jump so i hope it doesn't but this is where people get into the whole alien bullshit 
you know, and they say, well, <laughs> you know where I'm headed, right? They start saying, well, who the hell created this? If it wasn't God, what irrational being created this? Because we can't figure things out, even in a family environment. I mean, a lot of families break up. It's just a fact. And I'm not talking about parents. I'm talking about how many, how common is it for brothers and sisters to not talk to each other again? It's very common. It's very common to have that happen. And we seem to be, we're basically just chimps. Humanity is basically just advanced primates. And we just haven't quite got to the point where we figured out beyond bullshit corporate speak, win-win, or at least not zero sum, at least not that. But we seem to be determined with, it must be biologically hard set in us to want to have an, an advantage over the rest of humanity for because it means that we're somewhere further on up the food chain and we're less likely to be killed or something. I don't know. It's a very strange... Well, we're... if you've got money, you can afford to eat. If you've got money, you can afford power, you know, as an electricity. Mm. And then on top of that, you've also got the, the other side that if typically the meat will inherit bugger all. You know, so if you do yeah, go for the meat don't inherit the earth, and you sit yeah. there, then eventually you're going to end up to be Tibet. <laughs> it's like, well done, you guys. Yeah, Stuart so, Wilde talked so about there, that. Yeah. There is that self-preservation, isn't there? It's like, how do I preserve? I, I surround myself with things that will allow me to come out on top when other people are losing, will allow me to ensure that my family is looked after above all and at the detriment of everyone else in the village. In fact, let's burn that village and I'll take the lot. Mm. There's, there's, no, there's no way around that because you're always trying to do better than the generation before you. You're trying to, you know, it's that whole striving. And it's because we can. You know, if you go to a country where you can't, then the happiness is in the one book you have to read and you'll read it again and again. Right now we've got technology which says that you know, nothing happens that isn't known within four or five minutes. So, so there's a bit where the constant information stream allows you to, to make choices that previously you would have had to do a lot of digging and a lot of figuring, mm. um, as opposed to countries where there is no choice. There is nothing. You, you wake up, you've got a patch of ground, hopefully you've got some water and hopefully you've got some seed, you know, and then God help us if it rains. And, you know, you've got, a, you've got a massive, and it goes back again to the album at the moment, there's global issues, and some of them are climate. There's a 75%, I read the other day, of the, the third, what they call the third pole, which is through the Alps, that's, that's melting horrifically at the moment, and all that, the melt from that feeds into all of the surrounding countries. Um, what happens when that? ceases to exist those people get thirsty those people leave what happens when they leave where do they go and what's the impact on not only where they go but the people and all of a sudden you've got again you've got the similar to africa through to europe mm. you've got that same problem suddenly you know the the caravan going up through mexico into america people are leaving because they can't stay that's a that's a terrible state of affairs. And how bad does it have to be where, where you, you decide, you look around whatever you call your house and you pack them all into one bag. And, you know, you, you may have to leave a hundred thing, a hundred times what you put in that bag behind. That, 
this is what we're railing against. This is what premeditated is all about. This is saying, people, you know, be aware that you you may look around and you might say to yourself, hey, look at these guys. Why are they coming to our country or why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? But they actually may not have a choice. You know, persecution is how, how do you live with persecution? What I think it is too is in... Uh a lot of Western countries, we don't have what you would equate to persecution as you would have it in a lot of developing countries, meaning that when we describe persecution, it basically means wrongful conviction, your lawyer didn't argue your case well enough, that sort of thing. But generally speaking, there's been a whole heap of events that have led up to that point. Persecution in, say, parts of South America, in a lot of the Middle East and the like, you can just be, as I say, you've said before, a regular bloke or a mum with a family and someone knocks at your door and says, come with us, and you know it means you're in deep shit, but you have no idea what it actually means. But that's the difference, isn't it? There's no calibration. Yeah. Well, there's no calibration between the two, isn't it? We don't really have persecution on that basis in Australia. We truly don't. People will go, yeah, we do. There's this example, but we really don't. Okay, like I'm not worrying tonight when I go to sleep that someone's going to knock on the door at three o'clock in the morning and take my kids it won't happen but in other countries it does happen um and, and i don't yeah, want to give, and, give specific I, examples i think but, there's yeah. levels of it here there is levels of persecution but it's not that complete stripping away of your humanity yeah you know? I, so so there and and even the levels here are isolated incidents in some areas so they're probably more and I'll say this, that people are generally working harder to stop persecution now than they were in Australia, wherever that may be, whether it's within the various communities across Australia who are deemed to be different. Um, and persecution comes in the form of racism or any any colour you like. You know, but it's definitely not, as you say, where some of the other countries, and obviously we won't go to those, but it, it really is a, a whole different ballgame here. And and this is why keeping our politicians honest, keeping ourselves honest, keeping our the people, whether it's the police force or whoever, honest, so that they, I, I guess they, they need to do what they need to do, but they need to be transparent and they have to have rules. They need to follow them. And, and I think that's the bit that, you know, it's always difficult, like you say, if there's three siblings in a family, they are all different. And if there's a, a gentleman that's in the police force and he is different, he may do something that's wrong, but that doesn't make the police force wrong. Yeah, you know, there's that that whole isolated incident area. Yeah, the worst the worst example thousands. of us is not ex- emblematic of the rest of us. I, I, that's a really that's good right. point you're making there. Yeah, that's so, and and that's what I hate on Twitter in particular, the catastrophizing. No. How terror! Oh, no. It's like same. someone says. Yeah, news, same thing. You you would find you would find the conversation that we've had that there would be people on that would classify themselves as broadly speaking politically active that would disagree with ninety percent of what we just said and said. How dare you say that? It's so bad in this yeah, country really. here. And it's like, hang on, have you travelled? Like my, my wife's half Filipino. We've been to where the kids don't have much, and they rely. Yeah. They're absolutely dependent. Okay, I haven't been. I'll, I'll, I'll reframe that. Okay, I haven't been there personally, but we know that they exist because my wife's family work in with them and help them. 
okay, but where they're completely dependent. There's not like welfare in the Philippines. Like, you know, yeah, like if you absolutely. don't have money, you, you're relying on, on charity, Christian charity for the most part, to actually help you. That, and that is the Red Cross. That is the... Um, Salvation that Army. Etc. that are, oh, you know, medicine they are frontier, globally yeah, yeah. trying to, to bring, even, and we've become back to Venezuela, don't we? There's truckloads trying to get in there to hand out medicine and food, you know, clean water. And, and this is what, it, again, it comes down to, this is where we have to keep everyone honest. We have to stay on, on track to make sure that if we're going to survive as a nation, and God forbid we're going to bring people in from other nations, we have to be able to do that. You know, we will get called on to do it more and more because there's whole areas of the planet that are really struggling, as I said, whether it's politically, whether it's economically, whether it is the climate. There's all manner of issues coming on and they are looking for somewhere where on the whole, and I, I mean 99.9% recurring, these people just want water, house, food, electricity, you know, they're not asking for a hell of a lot because when you've got nothing, mm. anything is better. Mm. So how, how do we help this? Can we help? I'm quite sure we can. How do we do it? We've got to be, like you say, we've got to be strong. We've got to be progressive. And we've got to believe that we are here for humanity as opposed to being here to, I guess, take from humanity. And that's a, that's, you know, the church and the state on the whole, they don't believe in that because those individuals are pulled by power. So how, how can we do that? We keep shining a light in the darkness, I think. Hmm. That's, um, that, that's what we shining can do. Shining a light in the darkness. That's a good one right there. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Maybe you know, better... Um... in the corner. <laughs> I'd, I'd better wrap things up, mate. To be honest, because it's getting on a bit on for me. But uh, I know we've talked a lot about for heaps sure. of other things. But I think I think it's really important that. But from the perspective that you're an artist and you got an opinion and you shared an opinion, I want to thank you for doing that because I think it's important that when you've got one, you feel comfortable doing that. So you've done that here, and you've got some. I, I didn't realise that you were releasing a single every month, like you were saying. Uh, earlier there, but uh, Liquidate, I think, in particular, is a very strong song, mate. So congratulations on that one. You know, that Thank was you. his single for Thank June, you. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, so we had Liquidate was, was January. We had Candidate was the main single for April. We've got Validate coming in the end of July, mm-hmm. and that's, that'll be the last main single. But every month we have a track we've done, as we said, we've done Real Estate, Water Date, we've done Inundated, and we've got accommodate coming next and musically you'll find that the songs are getting a, a little bit you know there's a bit more rock being added in towards this this end of the album as we would like to think of it mm-hmm. um and you know it is and i, I guess I, I just want to say on that side of it as well you know the rob's rob is our guitarist and matt plays drums we've got kendra on our on the vocals and you know we're all working very hard to become better musicians you know we're working on our craft and we're trying to do it and you know doing what you're doing and actually putting a, a light on us is appreciated by us and i think by a lot of musicians cool because it, it is a can be a thankless task when you're doing <laughs> and you're toiling that it you know? can and, be and we yeah. all know it. i mean it's not a bad task i mean there's worse hobbies to have god knows we all know about those um, but but we also appreciate what you guys do because it's uh, without that we we literally are just you know 
playing for the animals. Well, thank you, mate. Yeah, because it, it can be. A, I sometimes feel like that myself, to be honest, man. You know, I get a, a couple of hundred listeners per episode. And the wonderful thing, though, is that a lot of my audience, most of my audience, I must say, is in the United States. So I feel like as though I'm shining a light on Australian artists for, for the North American audience. So I hope that translates into some success for you, even if one or two sort of feel comfortable reaching or, you know, they, they can find you via Facebook. And that'll be my final question for you is for anybody listening, who wants to get in touch with you and wants to check out your socials. How can they do that? Yeah, so we've got on Facebook, we've got the date. On Instagram, we're under Master Date, which was our last album, so Master underscore Date. Obviously, we've got www.thedate.com.au. And basically, if you type in the word the date, Perth, you'll find us. Seems fairly straightforward, so... Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for the conversation. It's been a broad chat, and I really appreciate that, as I say. It's, uh... You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was David Moran from the Perth outfit, The Date. Thanks so much for listening.